and welcome in to the newest edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Unlike what James Grande likes to say that I'm up in my jet missing these podcasts, that is sometimes the case. I won't say every time, but it is sometimes the case, minus the jet part. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, but hey, I get it. I, I appreciate that James thinks that I have my own jet. So that is that is cool to see. But I am glad to be back here with you, Matt Sells in particular, at the Sellsman on Twitter. So Matt, I know we talked a little bit, but simply put, how is everything going for you? Things are pretty good. Um, wish that some of my guys on my team were not getting uh, injured as I have surged up the standings in my league. Speaking to you there, Jazz Chisholm, who got turf toe by running into a wall. Uh, not Not ideal. And then Rendon decided he needed another break, so um, not not great, but it's okay. I got I got some, you know. Taj Bradley's back, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Until the Rays come up with another excuse to go send them back down, <laughs> um, we'll see. I'm I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. Look, the weather's getting warmer. We got Memorial Day weekend coming up. Got great baseball. We got a great day of racing. I get to grill a lot. Everything is peachy over here. Yeah, I think injuries are the the story to tell. I'm looking over here at my uh, TGFBI team, and you get seven bench spots in TGFBI, right? And I got five player five players occupying the IL on my uh, bench, including Brandon Woodruff, Nick Lodolo, AJ Puck, and Julio Urias. Talk about pitching being injured, and we talked about it every single time. I I I don't want to exaggerate this, and I don't think it is, but. I think probably 75% of the podcasts we've done this year, if not more, have had multiple pitchers in the injuries that we've always talked about. I mean, that yeah, doesn't seem like I mean, an exaggeration. And we're leaving some guys out that just frankly aren't worth talking about this week, right? Like we're not going to talk about Clevenger because he's been gross. Uh, and he stinks. As a human and as a pitcher. Um, but yeah, Urias is, is now injured. We got some other guy Now, luckily for Urias, it's not an arm thing, right? That's That's – the good news here i guess it's very optim that's very optim optimistic of you and i appreciate that i missed that since i missed the last edition of the pod so it's it's good to hear that optimism again from at the salesman on twitter i mean it's a hammy so it's, it's still gonna linger but like for a guy who early in his career we weren't sure what he would be given that he you know he's overcome thoracic outlet syndrome um it's good that it's just a hammy and not an arm related thing. Considering the fact what we also saw from Dustin May, um, which is not not ideal, right? And um, some other some other guys who had to who had to leave um, who had to leave starts early this week too. Yeah, and let's let's just go ahead. Let's jump right in. I don't have the Dodgers uh, Julio Urias listed there first on our on our little show sheet here, but it's a seamless transition let's go right into them so you know we we've always seen it with the Dodgers in the past that their rotation seems to get battle tested whether it's by actual injuries or the phantom injuries that we like to see that the Dodgers always happen to uh, end up coming up with but simply put here Arias is going on the IL with the hamstring issue it's not an arm issue so we can take some solace in that but looking at this rotation now Clayton Kershaw love that Tony Gonsolin, okay. Noah Syndergaard, his splits are horrendous. He's really fun to pick against in like player props. But now as I'm looking at it here on roster resource, it looks like this week, Gavin Stone and Bobby Miller are going to be making starts for the team this week with Bobby Miller. I believe it's his major league debut. So between Stone and Miller, is there any sort of staying power here 
for fantasy purposes, or does one kind of intrigue you a little bit more than the other by chance? Um, that's a good question. I think I probably am more intrigued by Bobby Miller because he's the, the higher-end prospect, in my opinion. I'm not saying Kevin Stone is bad by any means. The dude's pitching in the major leagues. Um, but Bobby Miller is, by most accounts, the better prospect across the board. Um, he has a higher ceiling in the rotation than Gavin Stone does. I think both of them do stay between the injuries. Like, Urias will come back, right? It's not that serious. It's probably a minimum stay on the on the IL for them. But there was talk about moving Noah Syndergaard to the bullpen uh, to kind of straighten him out a little bit. And they haven't done it because they just keep getting hit with injury after injury. We had Dustin May. If he's out for a prolonged period of time, they're going to need depth there in order to move Syndergaard to the bullpen, which they also need help in their bullpen too, because that hasn't exactly been great for them. Um, So I do think both wind up staying. This might be a, it's hard to read their opinion on Bobby Miller right now. I think if the full start goes well, he earns another one. Um, and then they'll cross the bridge when they get to it with Urias coming back. And then when you look at a guy like Bobby Miller, I mean, through he, I mean, he's been fast tracked at this point. So he's yeah. coming up. He only has a handful of innings um, at, especially at the triple a level. I mean, 21 last year and 14 this year, but throughout each level, the strikeouts have always been there, but this year, actually his time in triple a has actually been his worst stint in the minors thus far. So does he profile to be a guy that's over a strikeout per inning at the big league level? Cause I mean, for most of the minors, he's 11 plus K per nine. Whereas this year through, I mean, again, four starts, I get it. He's below an eight K per nine. So where, what does he kind of like profile as, do you think? Is he over a strikeout per inning guy? I think he's got that capability. His stuff is really, really good. Um, he has been fast tracked. That does happen when the Dodgers, you know, fall in love with uh with certain guys here i'm just gonna go ahead and pull up um you know his, his profile um but I've, I've you know i've talked about some of these guys before in my prospect reports um to me I, I think miller if he can figure it out um has the ability to be like a number two starter if not potentially an ace um He's got, look, he's got a four-pitch mix. All of them grayed out as at least above average, if not plus. The double plus, like his fastball. Um, I wouldn't read a whole lot into some of the AAA numbers this year. Again, Tulsa, or, um, Oklahoma City, rather, is in Pacific Coast League. Um, some guys are slower starters than others. But, you know, I, I still like... Um, most of his control in general, you know, over his 183 innings in the minors to this point, he's racked up 227 strikeouts to 56 walks. That's a pretty nice, pretty nice ratio there. Um, so, you know, it's more stuff than pitchability right now, but the, you know, as long as you have the stuff, you can figure out the pitching at the major league level. And good stuff will buy you a little bit of time too. Agree. So yeah. So there's there's definitely that. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, same division in San Fran. There, Logan Webb back tightness left to start a little bit early. His most recent timeout. Team seems team seems optimistic. He seems optimistic. 
this seems like a case, Matt, where it's, I think it's going to come somewhere in between a start gets skipped and he gets pushed back one to two days. It yeah. seems like that's what's going to happen here. It doesn't, of course, things can change. Anything can happen. But comments from Webb, comments from the team, and everything in between points to nobody seems overly worried. Agreed. Look, they they seem to have been able to deal with Rodon's thing last year without him written, going on the IL. He got pushed back a couple of days, a couple of times, right? It seems like their injury management is a lot better than most teams. Um, back tightness... It, look, it, it seems like it's one of those things where you, you know, you get on a warming pad a couple of days, take some anti-inflammatories, you rest it, and then who knows? Maybe he won't have to be pushed back a day. I would assume that they would try to work that with some upcoming off days where they could push him back a day or two. But I'm not, I'm not that concerned. And when you look at it too, hopefully that's not the case because he's kind of the early leader in the clubhouse here for most innings on the year because he's been not only good but good at getting deeper into games too. I believe he only has one start under six innings this year. I think you're right. Yeah. Just one second. And then when you look at his most recent, he's been seven plus in three of his last four. And if it weren't for the back tightness, one could argue he probably would have got through seven because he was shoving against Miami in that start that he ended up inevitably leaving early, but you know, optimism there already into the sixth. Yeah. In that start. So, you know, making it through that would have given him, you know, seven innings probably pretty easily. And now while we have the optimism there, I hate, I hate to go back to the doom and gloom, but I'm going to do it. Manny Machado to the IL with a small fracture in his left hand, courtesy, I believe you said it was, uh, courtesy of Brad Keller. So yes. thanks, Brad. Thanks for that one. I know you don't throw hard, but you throw hard enough to break a small bone. So take that for what it's worth. But this is a significant blow to fantasy managers. Let's, let's just be honest. That's exactly what it is. Machado was a high-profile fantasy third baseman. And he was continuing to do all the things that he does. And he's now going to miss time. And when he comes back, I think there's going to be a transition period. Because as we talked about it, hand and wrist to hitters are a problem. Agreed. Yeah. Um, So it was an 81-mile-an-hour slider that he got hit with that he then left the game after going around the the bases. And then it took him to Wednesday to figure out it was broken. And then... They weren't even sure if an IL trip was going to be necessary. And then they waited a couple days and then they put him on the IL. So, you know, while the Giants are very good at managing injuries, the Padres have a very long history of not figuring out (laughs) injuries. And remember, they got in trouble for the double set of books with that trade with Miami a few years back. So in terms of fantasy value, there's no timeline yet, right? He said it has to heal. It's not like his ankle thing last year, which if you remember, he never went on the IL for that. He just missed like nine games over the course of 11 days, and then he was good to go, right? This one he said, it's going to have to heal. He's on the IL. It's going to be weeks on the short end um, because he's got to be able to grip a bat, right? It's his left hand. As a right-handed hitter, it's going to be – uh, generally considered, you know, a, a pretty important part of the, the swing to be able to grip the bat with your off hand. So I wish we could tell you a timeline, but I don't, I don't have it. And, um, you know, the power has been decent, not great, been decent so far. The batting average, though, <laughs> like the rest of the Padres, has sucked. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't know what's going on in San Diego, but maybe they're getting too much beach time. I, I don't know. 
maybe that's the case. And I mean, Machado does have five homers, seven doubles through the first 40 games of the year. The batting average stunk, like you said, but it seemed like there were some signs of turning around because I know his final four games, including the one he left injured, he was 0 for. But in the 11 games before that, he was 326, four home runs, three doubles. It seemed like things maybe were starting to turn around a little bit. Yep. And now this is just a ill-timed injury. And I think you're right. We can't really – there's no timeline yet, but I think weeks is – I think you're on the right path with weeks. It's going to be something like that because the right-handed swing, left hand, that's your power. That's the hand you're pulling through the bat with. There is going to be an adjustment period as well as a lengthy rehab. So I think you are right there. Again, if Jazz Chisholm's out four to six weeks with a toe, I mean, obviously it's turf toe and that could be like a torn ligament, if not an inflamed one. I would imagine that this would be roughly the same time. Yep. I think that's going to be the case as well. So you may be looking for some third base options. You know, maybe a guy like Casey Schmidt's out there. You can pick him up if he's still available in your lease. A couple options at third base. At least we're better off now at third than we were on draft day because that was I couldn't stand third base outside of Cabrian Hayes. He was the one that I really liked. And Nolan Arenado started to turn things around. Not that you're getting him at free agency, but just some notable third base note. But uh, a couple returns that are coming soonish that I think fantasy managers should be excited about. Tyler Glass now could be as early as this week. He made what many considered was going to be his last uh, rehab start in his stint. Went six innings, one earned run, six strikeouts, did throw 67 pitches in that one. His return seems imminent, and I think this is maybe the first time in weeks that the Rays get some good news in the rotation. It seems like it's always departure from the rotation, departure from the rotation. Now they may finally get an arrival or an addition to the rotation other than the self-inflicted departures like they did with Taj Bradley. But I'm not jaded about that by any means. I mean, you mean unlike me? Oh, I'm jaded by it, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to convince people that I'm not upset and confused about why they, why they did that. I'm trying to put on this, you know, no, I get it. It totally makes sense. He was dominant. So let's go screw him up. I almost dropped a different expletive there, but you know, let's go screw him up in the minor so that he can just get used to this five day pitching when everything was fine beforehand. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Glass now is likely returning soon. Big boost for the Rays and fantasy managers. Yeah, big boost. Um, right now, the rotation is McClanahan, Eflin, Fleming, and Bradley. So that's only four names. So they have an So McClanahan. Right. What? So McClanahan. Yeah, I mean, basic. Well, okay. But let's not prove <laughs> Eflin on. hasn't been like bad. Bradley. And Bradley. Um, I mean, Eflin is the guy who has the largest free agent contract in the history of the Tampa Bay Rays. Great trivia question. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, there you go. You could use that <laughs> the next time you host trivia, your, your right. once weekly trivia. Um, right. So, yeah, it's it's huge news. Now, obviously, Glasnow is not available in basic. Let's put it this way. If he's available on the wire in your fantasy league, you need a new fantasy league because <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's no reason that guy should still be available. Mm-hmm. Um, good news, right? Like, their offense continues to hum. Now their pitching staff is going to get better. The only question is you're hoping that they don't send Tosh Bradley back down to make room for class now for some stupid reason. Cause watch, they're going to do that. I swear to God. It... <laughs> By the way, one happen. other thing, the triple a schedule, they play series in weeks. Now. I don't know if anybody noticed this, but to save money, they realigned the schedule. So teams spend a week in a location. So they'll, play travel on Monday, play six games against your opponent, and then travel again on Monday, either back home or to the next road trip. So pitching every fifth day 
okay, but like you're not getting any of the travel in or the normal three or two or four games. It's 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 weird. Um not much to add on Glass now. He's elite when he's healthy. Six innings, sixty-seven pitches, efficient. So I think they've got coaces now in Tampa between McClanahan and Glass now. And uh hopefully Bradley stays up to be a burgeoning third coace. Health willing, my friend, for glass now. Emphasis on glass for him as he's had some... better. He used to be a pirate. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's something we think but don't say, Matt. You know, we, we all know that. Oh, I you said know, the it, part out loud. Is that what happened? Exactly. You you, you can think it. You just can't say it. it it's it's an <laughs> okay. unwritten rule. Um, in Cleveland, Tristan McKenzie, three innings, 52 pitches. And his first rehab start seems like he could be working his way back soon. Again, much like Glass now, he's probably not available in any league. If he is, again, leave probably Thanks, leave Steve. that league as well. Or, well, first, scoop him up, then put in your notice after you probably win this year that you're going to be done with that league. But, you know, he just needs health. He'll come back. He'll help anchor that rotation and, and hopefully pick up some of the, the vibes in Cleveland because it's been kind of like San Diego, a little, little, little down over there, I guess bit. you could say. A L- little bit. Um, in a winnable division, too. Like Very. The AL Central is having a race to see who doesn't want to win. Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, when he's back, he'll slide into the number two spot where we expected him to be. He should be just fine. But, but, you know, again, much like we favor Tanner Beebe over like Brian Bello I saw in Discord. Yeah, we're going to favor this guy because the AL Central sucks and those offenses are terrible. Yep, no more to add there. Bonafide stud that he can be in the fantasy realm. And then another guy should be returning this week as well. This one might be available uh, in waivers, but in Boston, Garrett Whitlock should be returning from injury. Rough start through to the season, three starts, uh, 6.19 ERA. If you want to be an optimist, the XERA, FIP, and XFIP are all lower than the ERA, so there's some positivity there. But after some good strikeout numbers in 21 and 2022, not the case here in 2023. So is there any fantasy value to be had from Whitlock upon his return, which again should be this week? And I'm pulling it up here. It looks like could be a weekend start. It looks like. This one's a tricky one for me. I think the strikeouts are down a little bit because he's learning to pace himself a little bit. Because remember, the last couple of years, he switched between starting and bullpen. And so now that they said, okay, well, we want him to be a starter full-time coming into the season, there's a mindset shift where, okay, I can't go all out for one inning. I have to pace myself to make it through five or, you know, hopefully six, which tends to be why, you know, we see this all the time where a guy moves to the bullpen, all all of a sudden he adds like three miles an hour to his fastball. Well, why do you do that? Because he only has to go an inning, right? It's a lot easier to go all out for one inning than to pace yourself and try to make it through the, the lineup two and a half, three times. So I would still take a shot. Look, people need arms. He's supposed to be in the rotation again. I would think that they would give him a decently long leash. The Boston offense is kind of going in fits and spurts like one week they look great and then the next week they look like we kind of all thought they would be which is like a bunch of contact dudes and not a lot of power um 
And the AL East is a little bit of a minefield sometimes with the offenses. Um, so to me, until he, you know, see what we can do, he might be like a like a streaming, not that you would drop him, but like a matchup specific starter for me. You know, it looks like if all goes well, he'll return probably Saturday or Sunday and face Arizona. So keep that in mind as you're looking. If you need a weekend streamer to pick up, he might not be a bad one. All That's things not considered. so bad because Arizona seems to score all of their runs in the eighth and ninth inning. Yep. Like I watch a lot of their games and for like four straight games, they scored basically six runs in the ninth inning <laughs> against yep. Oakland. It was a crazy series. It. It was so, Matt. You know, you know. Typically, at the end here, we talk about some other players, but I wanted to, I wanted to switch it up a little bit. So we're still going to talk about some players, but we're going to put it a little bit differently. So I'm kind of going to read a little synopsis that I wrote of a certain player. We'll see if you can name the player, and then we'll diatribe on them for a little bit here. Yeah, hopefully, some, I don't look like an idiot here. No, I don't think so. And if and if it seems like we're getting there, I'll, I'll step in and help you out. But um, here's player one. So they should be owned in every single league. Okay, just putting it out there. Should be owned in 100. percent but this person, I am an AL West starting pitcher that is a budding fantasy ace. Through nine starts this season, I have a 47 to 5 strikeout to walk ratio, 44.6% ground ball rate, 262 ERA, 271 FIP. The only thing that's really holding me back from being widely determined as a bona fide fantasy ace is my only 20% strikeout rate. When you look at run value on Baseball Savant, I have one of the best four seamers in baseball and I've done an excellent job of minimizing hard contact here in 2023 any idea who that al west starting pitcher would be great command lower strikeout rate that's the really the only thing keeping him back from being a fantasy ace young mm. young right-hander they happen to play in seattle they sure do okay um let's see who do i want to it's either kirby or gilbert the former there you go so when you look at a guy like george kirby it everything points i know fantasy you know you love the ratios and he doesn't walk anybody which is massive it's just without a supreme era and a ton of wins on your ledger which he's been pretty good at typically a 20 percent strikeout rate isn't going to necessarily be enough to throw you into that that elite tiering of fantasy pitchers but i mean he's got five wins he's got a sub three era it's just it's literally just the strikeouts that's the only am, am i do you agree with me that's the, literally the only thing that's keeping him from you right now definitively stating that george kirby is a top 12 fantasy pitcher it's just the lack of strikeouts yeah probably i mean i'm right there with you like we're in a day and age where strikeouts can make or break your fantasy profile not that it's the only thing we're hunting but we're in a day and age where you're not expecting a bunch of dudes to get double digit wins at this point, right? Just based on guys aren't going that long into games, bullpens are having issues, you know, all that good stuff. So where a lot of guys are going to have similar ratios and a lot of guys are going to have similar win totals, you'll take the guy with the higher strikeouts. And right now that's not George Kirby for whatever reason. I think his stuff is good enough to generate strikeouts. I think what may have happened is that the league may have a notebook on him and he's getting to, you know, strikeout counts and then he throws the pitch that people know he's going to throw. So he's going to learn to shift some stuff up um, and, and get a little bit more strikeouts, but I would agree with you. 
And I think with time, the strikeouts will come. I, I, I think it will. He's got good enough stuff to get, to get closer to that strikeout per inning mark. I, I think, think he's he a there. lot closer to being Logan Gilbert than he is to being Emerson Hancock. Like Emerson Hancock is a guy who's coming up in their system who has very good ratios, very good control guy, has stuff that can get some strikeouts, but he's not a strikeout guy. Like he's your quintessential mid-rotation innings eater guy. And I think Kirby is a lot closer to the strikeout guy of Logan Gilbert than he is to Emerson Hancock. I agree as well. So player number two, here we go. So I'm an NL Central infielder utility man around the infield whom the fantasy community is currently salivating over. I have eight home runs in 11 games this season and slashing a cool 370, 396, 957. However, it seems like everyone is overlooking the fact that my walk rate is worse than last year. Strikeout rate is worse than last year. My BABIP is at an inflated 450. And if I had enough at bats to qualify, I'd be the only player in major league baseball with an outside-the-zone swing rate of at least 38% and a swing strike rate of 20%, the latter of which would be the absolute worst mark in baseball amongst qualified hitters. Do you know what NL Central infielder this is, who has been the most popular fantasy baseball free agent ad over the past 7 to 10 days? Playing in the Windy City. I would guess it'd be either Mervis or Morell. Morell. Yeah. Am I crazy for thinking that this is an obvious sell high? Like, I, I understand the production has been there. It just seems like to me, I mean, obviously this current pace is not sustainable. We'll all agree at that. But there is a lot. It seems there is a lot that people are choosing to overlook with Morell's profile right now. And they were my concerns coming up. He's proved me wrong thus far, but I do feel confident with time. It's going to be the same thing as last year. Remember, he had a crazy run. Everything was good. And it's like, oh, we'll just ignore, you know, we're going to ignore this check engine light because my car still gets up to 75, 80 miles an hour. Everything's fine. Eventually, it's going to catch up to you. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm with you on that. Look, the reason why he started uh, in the minors and didn't come up was because they had concern over his strikeout rate and he doesn't take enough pitches. And that's what's happening now. Like, He's making enough contact to make dam- to to do damage, and everybody goes, "Oh well, he's doing damage." Okay, but what happens when he doesn't? Yep, <laughs> because that's gonna happen, and when it does, all of his stuff is gonna crater, and so is his value. It was kind of the same reason why I wrote that I was fading Jake McCarthy, because the profile did not look good. Sure, he had speed and he made decent contact in a small sample size, but you know there was that concern again, just like I wrote up in the, in the draft guide. Um, so I would sell high on Morrell. I would hold on to Mervis. Um, but yeah, I would, I would try to sell high on, on Morrell. All I'm going to say with Morrell, I agree with you, obviously, because you agree with me, but it's not very often that a guy swings outside of the zone more whiffs more and makes less contact the year before and this sort of production can exactly yeah. it just no. does not happen it's... the physics like just just think about he's swinging at more pitches that are in less hittable areas and you expect them to be more productive the math ain't mathin no 
That's that's what I say. But last one here before we wrap up this week's episode. So I'm an ALE starting pitcher who's owned in 70% of fan tracks leagues and only 5% of ESPN leagues. I have a 23.8% strikeout rate on the year, but that rate is up to north of 25% over my last four starts. If I had enough innings to qualify, I'd have the second highest ground ball rate amongst starting pitchers, and I would be in an exclusive club along the likes of Nadia Valdi, Hunter Brown, Framber Valdez, and Logan Webb to have a ground ball rate of at least 50% and a strikeout rate of at least 23%. Do you know who this AL East right-hander is? True two pitch out or two outcome guy, ground ball strikeout. This is a good one. You actually just said that you would get rid of this guy instead of Tanner Bibby, but I'm not who's I'm not holding it against you. <laughs> Brian Bella. Yeah. I, there's other concerns. I get it. There are other concerns with him, but if he can tap into that strikeouts, we've seen he is a ground ball strikeout guy, and there's a lot to like with that profile in fantasy. Especially in the AL East. If you can keep the ball on the ground, you minimize damage a lot yep. in small parks like Fenway and Yankee Stadium and now the softball park that is Toronto and, um, you know, whatnot. So he's been – yeah, I've had him on my fantasy team this year. I got him – as a you know a, a flyer and a pretty decent what i thought was a decent value in my auction for my home league mm. um hasn't always panned out like i feel like it's been a bit of right. a roller coaster this year mm-hmm. um much better of late but there were some yes. there were some up we're in the we're in the peaks right now but we're just coming out of the valleys for yeah, sure the first starter too. very deep <laughs> yeah but there is some, op- like we talked about, strikeouts and ground balls play that can help minimize your damage. And he's still young. There's still a lot to like with him. And Boston has to keep him in the rotation. They just Correct. have to. You, His you role's safe. You can't mess with, like, Bello is a guy that when he matures and figures it all out, he should be like a number two starter. Yep. And over his last four starts, 257 ERA, 9.8 K per nine, and a ground ball rate just beneath 64%. You can get behind those numbers, and there's a lot to like with it. Hopefully, Boston gives enough run support. But, Matt, we'll be back with that next week. i got another one next week for you. That's a really interesting one, but we'll see how the numbers play out, and we'll come back to it next week, as well as talking about injuries and everything that we have to talk about. I'm sure there'll be multiple pitcher injuries because that's just how it works in Major League Baseball. But give me a follow on Twitter, at Colby R. Conway. Give Matt a follow, at The Salesman, and we'll be back next week with the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast.